Good morning, church. I missed y'all last week. I had this this side loves me, so I'm going. They said they missed me, so I'm going to preach to them. That okay? I tell you what, uh, this series has been great that we've been going through. Um, hey, it's good to have you, back. you too, thank you, thank you. Have a seat, son. Hush. <laughs> so uh, it's, this series has been awesome to go through. To me, is, is this series called Scandalous because it's pretty much just rebuking the the um, religious atmosphere that kind of we all grew up in. You know, we grew up. A lot of us in this in this church, I know. Grew up in church. If you're in the Bible Belt, a lot of times we've been jaded by religion, so we think that we should do things a certain way, and we're not doing them Jesus' way. So this morning, we're going to be in Luke uh, chapter 7. So we're going to be. Luke chapter 7. And as you turn, I just want to uh, pray for us right quick, and then we'll get cranked on up. Uh, Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for your love and your compassion upon us, Father. And uh, God, uh, Lord, the songs, Lord, sing this morning that we've been praising you with, Lord. I just, uh, I hope all of us understand how much we need your grace. That God, I hope that all of us in this room, we've come in such a way that we become thankful this morning of sacrifice you made for us. And God, I just pray you would speak to us this morning. God, speak uh, in a powerful way. God, I just pray that you just take. Uh, my words, Lord, and God, you would just penetrate them. Lord, you would use them. God, you would use me in a powerful way. God, speak through this text. And God, I just pray that you would just uh, reveal to us things that we've never even thought about. And God, I pray that you would call us all to repentance today. So we may walk worthy of the call that you placed on all of our lives. So God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so Luke chapter 7. We're going to dive right on in, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of take it and pay. Piece by piece. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at his table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him, at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, He said, Simon, I have something to tell you. Teach me. Tell me, teacher, he says. Two people owe money to a certain moneylender. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them loved him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the biggest debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, he said, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman, and he came, said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not kiss me, but she is, this woman, has, from the time I've entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, and her great love has shown, as her great love has shown. 
But whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are now forgiven. And the guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Man, I love this story in the Bible. Because how often do we walk through life and we forget what Jesus has done for us? We've, and we begin to walk through life being ungrateful. We, we, we forget the sacrifice that he's made. And, and next thing you know, church just turns into a routine. And, and we're not really serving God out of a grateful heart. We're hard-hearted. We do things out of vain repetition. And we're not really pursuing Christ. And this woman comes to Jesus out of a grateful heart. And she's overwhelmed with emotion. How many of us have been overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus lately? Because if you've not been overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus, in reality, you may be just going through the motions of religion. Because I remember when I was just a dead religious person going to church every Sunday and I wasn't a follower of Christ. There is a difference, by the way. When I was just dead going to church, it was just a dead thing. I just went through the motions. There was no power. There was no, there was no freedom. Man, I tell you, I, walked, I left the church every week feeling empty. And I'm going to tell you, church, there's power in the name of Jesus. You should not come in here and leave bound. You should come in, man, I mean, you should come in addicted and, and messed up and jacked up and leave here free. Amen? But the reason we leave here is because we choose to remain the same. We don't want to give God any more than he's already has. And as I began to read this story, I was just, it just, it just said, God, what brought this woman to this place? You know, she, Jesus is hanging out with the Pharisees, and we'll get to that in a minute. But he's out at the Pharisees' house. They knew her sins. She was, she was known in the community. Maybe she was a prostitute. The text doesn't say. But they knew her sin. So she was, she was willing to go, to go to, into an environment where everybody knew her problems. Everybody knew she was jacked up. She knew that they were going to be looking down upon her, but she didn't care because she wanted to see Jesus. What drives a person to that? What, what kind of humility do you have to have to do that? And as I was looking through my Bible, the, thing, the, the event that happened right before this happened in Matthew 11. And Jesus preached in Matthew 11, and it starts right there in verse 28. I'm going to read it right quick. She, was in this, she had to be in this congregation, and Jesus says, Come to me, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then the next thing happens is where Jesus goes to the Pharisee's house, and this woman shows up. This woman was known. To be, to be known to be a, a prostitute, known to be a very simple woman. People that were in religious realms didn't want anything to do with her. How many people do we shun because of, we shun, we don't want anything to do with them because of their baggage, what they got going on? Come on. Come on. Yeah, they're like, not me. Come on. I have, there was one time that I was, uh, I was pulling off I-95 on the Golden House Parkway in Brunswick, and there was a homeless, or a guy that said he was homeless with a sign. And automatically, I, my self-righteous self, you know, guard went up, and I was like, hey, I just waved at him. I kept going. 
giving that man no money. What in the world? He's just sitting there trying to take my money. I'm not going to do that. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, who do you think you are? And I remember the scriptures that whoever does these things for the least of these is also doing it to me. And I was like, you know what? That, 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 was, a, that was a test. I made a little U. We went back 95, next exit, come back around, went right back up. All I had in my pocket was a $20 bill. And I was like, here you go, man, thank you. And he broke down in tears. And it showed me that he really needed it. We've got to be obedient, people. You never know who got. We, we, we self-judge all these people. We look at people, their exterior, their circumstances, where they are. You don't know how they got there, but yet you're judging them. And God's called us to love them and walk with them. And this woman, it was her Jesus. She's been an outcast her whole entire life. She's been trying to fill this void in her life her whole entire life. She's, she's been went from person to person. I don't know what's been going on, what kind of sin she's been committing. But she's been trying to fill this void her whole entire life. And she hears Jesus say, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let me tell you something. If you are bound and you are struggling and you hear somebody say that, it's like, let, let me know where I can get this. Y'all with me this morning? Come on. Y'all forgot. Y'all got to talk to me. Come on. Y'all with me this morning? I'm going to tell you this morning, a lot of us, we come to church and it's the same old thing every single week and there's no rest in our life. There's no peace in our life. And my, I, serve the only God, only, I serve the only God that can give you rest this morning, that can give you peace, but you have to decide to walk away from all that junk that's not pleasing God. And the reason we're, we're restless and the reason that we're, 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 we're just a wreck inside most of the time is because we want to run our own life, but we want Jesus on the side. We want Jesus on the side. And it don't work that way. It don't work that way. I got a new computer at my office, and we've got an old computer that we were trying to kind of link up so that I could get files off the old computer. And the old computer was, I, I plugged it in as an accessory so it would try to work through it. And the computer guy come in, and he was like, that's not going to work. That's not going to work because this is the accessory, and this here is the operating system. So what's wrong is you're trying to run the accessory as the operating system. And that's a lot of us in our walk with Christ. Is we want to have Jesus as an accessory to our life, not our operating system. We don't want him operating our life. We want him just to be this on the side. That way I can go to him when I need him, but he's not the center of our life. He don't want to be just an accessory, people. He wants to be center of our life. And to see, religion says Jesus is an accessory, but a true relationship with Jesus Christ says he is the center. Amen? And the only way we're going to make a difference, the only way you're going to change, the only way that, that this, this depravity you feel, you've got to give it to him. He says, come to me, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. When I got to thinking about that, that woman hearing that in those days, a yoke is a, was a, um, two pieces of wood that went over an ox's head or cow, went over their head, and they used to pull the buggy. Well, a lot of times in those days, it would be joint, jointly used. It would be two oxen hooked together with the yoke. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know why it's so hard that you're, you're going through life and it's so tough this morning? It's because you're trying to pull your own wagon all by yourself. You want to be in control, you want to stay in control, you're trying to pull your own boat. And Jesus is saying, put my yoke upon you because he's going to walk with you. Amen? He's not going to leave you by yourself. He's going to walk with you through life. It's not Jeremy, it's Jeremy and Jesus. And I, I got to wake myself up every morning and remember, Jeremy, 
It's you and Jesus, not just you. Don't do this in your own power today. Because let me tell you, in my own power, I can't forgive people that are hurting me. In my own power, I can't look over your mistakes. In my own power, I can't look over different things. But let me tell you, when I'm walking with Jesus and I'm yoked with him every single morning, I'm walking powered by the Holy Spirit, not by Jeremy. And it's time for us as a church to realize that we've got to walk with him. We've got to walk with him. Every single day we've got to walk up and say, Lord, I want your yoke upon me. I tell people all the time, I have so much confidence in what God can do because I've seen God do it. I've came to God with so many different problems because I'm, I've told you all a lot. I'm high maintenance. I've got a lot of issues going on. And, and, and so I come, in to, I come to God with my issues, and what he does is he's like, Jeremy, the problem is is you've been trying to do this on your own. Hook yourself back up to the wagon. And some of you this morning need to hook yourself up back to the wagon. You've been trying to pull it yourself. That's why you're tired. That's why you give out. That's why you're miserable because you're trying to pull your own wagon. And Jesus says, hook it back up to me because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. I've realized that when I'm walking with Jesus, I can forgive a whole lot easier. I realize when I'm walking with Jesus, I can overlook people that are just hard to deal with. When I'm walking with Jesus, when I'm burdened with him, I look at my situation and it is not, it's not bad, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not uh, as important as what I'm making it out to be. See, when we're looking at things on our perspective and we're just trying to pull our own weight, what we're doing, we're looking at this situation and it's just, how can I handle this? How can I handle this? When we're looking at it from when Jesus is with us, it's like, God, how are you going to take care of this for me? Amen. So this woman hears this message and it totally transforms her whole entire life. It, she's this woman that's an outcast in society. She's, she's, she's shunned by everybody. And now she's bold enough to go into the household of a Pharisee just so she could be in the presence of Jesus. Are you willing to go into the place where people are talking bad about you, where people hate you, where people despise you, just so you can be in the presence of Jesus? Let me tell you something, we won't go to lunch with nobody that we don't think likes us. Much less go to their house. But see, Jesus' terminology, Jesus' mindset is way different than ours. So I love this thing, how, this, how, how Jesus goes in Luke. He goes into the household of this Pharisee. He was invited to the house of the, of the people that hated him. But yet Jesus went. I'm like, man, why? Why would you go to a household of somebody that hates you, that despises you, that wants to see you fail? Why would you go there? How else were they going to experience the love and the forgiveness of Jesus unless he went? That's why people in your life, there's people in your life that they, they, God puts hard people in our life. I, I've, I've realized that. God puts hard people, people hard to deal with in our life. You know why? So that we can show them the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. That's why. It's not like, oh, Lord, it's a thorn in my, it's a thorn in my flesh. You want to get it out. Yeah, you do want to get it out, but you need to walk with them and show them the love of Jesus. God's been showing me that. We don't like to be uncomfortable, do we? But this story of this woman, Jesus was right there in the middle of the people that hated him. See, forgiveness is one of those things that we struggle with as Christians and the church. Can I get a witness? Come on. I mean, we, we got to realize that, that forgiveness is one of those things that we struggle with. Why? Because they done wrong to me, and now I'm going to be mad. It's all me, 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 I, I, I driven, and it's not Jesus driven. 
And if we're bound by the yoke of Christ, it's not, it's not me. It's me and Jesus. And I'm going to say, Jesus, you got to help me walk through this. Nothing shows the outside world that we're different more than forgiving somebody that don't deserve it. But yet we don't do that. We're bound by unforgiveness. We're bound by anger. We're bound by hatred. But yet we, call, we say that we're walking in the light and we're still in darkness. Come on, church. We're supposed to be the light of the world. Amen? Amen. So that means we're supposed to forgive people and walk away from things that don't please him. Jesus went to the house of the people who hated him the most, but yet the reason was for that they could see, they could really see what love and forgiveness looks like. If Jesus, what, what, what would have happened in this story if Jesus would have been like, you know what, forget them. They don't like me, forget them. I'm gone. Forget them. You know, this, these church people, forget them. I don't want them. I'm gone. That's why the church seemed powerless and a joke to the outside world because us as church people, we can't get along because we choose not to forgive and not to walk in forgiveness. We'd rather be mad and go somewhere else. And we go somewhere else and then they can make us mad. And we go somewhere else and we turn into a bunch of church hoppers instead of forgiving one another and loving each other through our, in, our imperfections and showing the world that Jesus covers a multitude of sins. Amen. But the only way that happens is we've got to make that decision. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to, to not be mad and not be angry. I'm going to walk in repentance. Because if we continually choose to be mad and angry, we're walking in rebellion. And the reason the church is powerless is because we are a bunch of rebellious people choosing not to forgive our brother. And I wasn't planning on even preaching that this morning, but that's free. We're going to go on into the thing. <laughs> Somebody needed to hear that. I don't know who, but that was it. But that's the thing is the world needs to see that we love Jesus. Jesus says, they people know you are my disciple by what? The way you love one another. That's what Jesus says. See, when I read this story and I read how this woman, she comes in to the Pharisee's house. And when she comes in there in, the, in those times, the, uh, the Pharisees, the, the houses, a lot of houses in those days would have some open areas. Not just the Pharisees, but people in general. They would have house, uh, areas in their house where it would be a courtyard where it would be public where people could come in. And this must have been where they were at. They went in, he went behind closed doors. He was like in an open little courtyard. They were eating and she heard Jesus was going to be there. So she showed up to show him the gratitude in which he had in her heart. Do we come to church every week with gratitude in our heart or obligation? Nobody going to say nothing. But so we, should, we should come out of a heart of gratitude. She came with an alabaster box of perfume, very expensive. She came probably, pretty, probably with everything she had to bring and lay it at the feet of Jesus because she was so grateful for what he did. Are you willing to lay everything you've got at the feet of Jesus to say, Lord, I thank you for what you've done for me? But the thing is, you're not willing to lay it all on the line until you've experienced that forgiveness and that peace. You're not willing to lay it all on the line, that pride that, that, that I've got all the answers. You're not willing to lay all that on the line until you've really experienced that security, that peace, that, that, that feeling inside when you know that you've been rejected by everybody else, but you're accepted by Jesus. And that's what's wrong with so many people in the church is that we want to, I don't know, we just want to come in and go through the motions, but we don't want to do the work of every day intentionally yoking ourselves to Christ. But when we intentionally do that, we feel the gratitude this woman has. This woman was so thankful, guys. 
She comes and she lays it all at the feet of Christ. See, her tears, it says that her tears, her humble attitude, her expensive gift, all those things show a life of repentance. She was repentant of who she once was. She didn't walk up in there saying, hey, fellas, holler at me later. She didn't do that. She didn't walk in there trying to drum up business. She didn't walk up in there like, no, she went in there as a broken, humble person saying, Jesus, thank you for delivering me from this lifestyle. And she went in front of all the people that evidently must have been customers because it says Simon knew what sin she had done. How do you know what kind of sin somebody's in unless you hang out with them people? Come on. So, so, so she was... So, Everybody that was pretty probably was, was her clientele, she went and, and went right in front of Jesus. Was like, you know what? I'm a friend of him. So either you like him, if you don't like him, you don't like me. She was bold in her faith in that, just walking to those people. In those days, it was socially unacceptable for a woman to be in the presence of a man, especially eating like that. It wasn't supposed to eat at the same table. It was, it was just socially unacceptable. So she broke all those things because she didn't care anymore. She wanted to please God. A lot of us need to stop worrying about what people are going to think and only worry about the Savior's response. Amen. Amen. So she, she sits down with these people. And she knew, this woman knew that her life had separated her from Jesus. And that's the reason she came and she was so determined to, to serve him. Nothing would stop her. Nothing would stop her. See, the reason we choose not to do things for God, we choose not to, not to evangelize, we choose not to, to go witness, we choose not to, go, to go, share, uh, go help anybody or serve anybody is because we've forgotten what God's done for us. We're not motivated by those things. I often go back, I have to always remember what, where, where God called me from, what God's done in my life. Jeremy used to be right here. Used to be right here, Jeremy. Right here's where he used to be. If I wake up every morning thinking, Jeremy, I was right here, but look where you are right now. Look what God's brought you through. Look what he's redeemed you out of. I'll get up in the morning, and I want to tell people the goodness of God. Let me tell you what Jesus done in my life. But we don't do that because we wake up with our own agenda every single day. This silence is killing me. Y'all got to give me some amens or some praise Jesus or something. Y'all got to come on. I mean, y'all getting what I'm saying this morning. Do y'all feel the weight of this this morning? Jesus is calling us not to this vain repetition of coming to church, but to go out in the power of the name of Jesus and make an impact. But we don't do that by remaining the same. But this woman started serving God out of, out of a heart of gratitude. And then you had this man, Simon, this religious person that had been going to church. He might have been a church leader at the time. He was going through the motions, and he was like, soon as that happened, I mean, all of a sudden he felt embarrassed. That she was there, and now she touched Jesus. He's invited Jesus to this party. He's supposed to be a prophet. And if he was a prophet, then he should have known what kind of woman this was. And he shouldn't even let that woman touch him. And, oh, he was thinking all these thoughts. Because why? He, he thought his standards were higher than Jesus' standards. How many of us have our own standards? How many of us decide that we, we, won't, we won't, you know, people should fit in our realm of standards instead of God's standards? And the only reason we put, we, sometimes we put our standards above God's is because we think we're better than God sometimes. Preach, and I will say it. Y'all ain't going to say it. That's the, that's the truth. We want to put ourselves on this self-righteous pedestal and be like, you, hey, when you get up here where I am, 
Instead of being realizing what God delivered you from and saying thank you. See, Simon probably had, he'd been doing this since birth. So it's one that he'd been, he'd been taught the religious law from birth. He'd been going through the motions since, since birth. Here in the Bible Belt, we've all of us probably been to church since we were kids. I remember Dallas used to say he was, he was, he was drugged to church every Sunday. He was on drugs, just drugged to church. But a lot of us was drugged to church growing up. We've gone through the motions. We know who Jesus is, but yet we choose not to follow him. Just knowing who he is ain't enough. It's surrendering our life and giving it to him. And Simon, and the, he, he, he was really just blind. How many of us come to church every week just blinded by religion? We're blinded by just we come in here, we're, we're going through the motions. We, right, I've read my Bible, check. I've said a prayer, check. Come on. We've got this, we got this boxes, we've got this religious box. We want to check all the everything in. And when we've checked all these boxes, all right, I can go and do my thing now. And we leave Jesus at home instead of yoked with us walking through life. He was blinded. It was easy for him to say she was a sinner. It was easy for him to point the finger at everybody else, but yet, when it comes to his own sin, his own Judgment, and he, he, he was blinded by his own self. It's easy to look at other people and forget what's going on in your own life. It's easy to look at other people and forget what God has done in your life. See, and, and the thing is, is, is Simon was, he was, just, he was just like we are. He had categorized sin into good and bad. This is good stuff. These are, these are bad sins. Don't, ooh, don't do these. But these, you know, you know these are okay. I, I can break the rules a little bit at least. Don't, don't we do that? We categorize good and bad, and in God's eyes, one sin is, is sin. It don't matter what it is. A liar is just as condemned as a thief, as a, thief, as a murderer. Now, all that's the same. So we can't say, I'm a good person. If you say you're a good person, you're not putting yourself on the same uh, grading scale as God. What you're doing is you're comparing yourself to other people. I'm better than that person, so you make yourself feel good about where you are right now instead of comparing yourself to Christ. And if we wake up every morning comparing ourselves to Jesus, we realize how far we fall short. We realize how far we need grace. We realize how far we need forgiveness. And then we, we start pursuing God out of a grateful heart. But if we wake up thinking we're good enough, you know what happens? We, 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 put a, we start looking down at other people saying, hey, you need to get where I am. When people are not doing what they should do, we're, first, we're the ones to throw the first stone because we forget how much we've been forgiven. Simon was blinded by religion. How many of you in this room have been blinded by religion? You're just blinded, caught up in the motions. And if we're not careful, we'll, be, we'll, we'll push the whole world away because they didn't fit into our box, and our box really ain't, no, ain't nowhere near God's box. See, Simon, he was so blind, the veil was over his eyes. See, the parable in this thing doesn't deal with the amount of sin in a person's life. It deals with, in reality, you've got to be aware of the sin. Are you aware of, of the sin in your life? See, what this story shows, it shows two different people. One person that knew the depravity of their sin and one that was sin, sinful but thought they were okay. See, I, I, I preach all the time that it's easy, for, it's easy to preach in a, in a congregation of people that you know don't know Christ because there's going to be a great amount of people that realize they need Jesus in that. When they are, when they are hopeless and, and, and they, are, they don't have any other hope, they know they need Christ. 
But people that's been to church their whole life, they think they've got just enough Jesus to get them into heaven. That's all they want. And that's not what he wants you to have. And most people that think that way, you're going to bust hell wide open because it ain't about having enough Jesus. It's about being consumed by Jesus. Your life being centered on God, walking with him every single day. That's why they sung that verse, and he walks with me. And he, and he, what do you say? And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. It's been a while. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say text No. But see, Simon, he was guilty of the same type of sin. It wasn't one or the other. Simon was guilty of sins of the spirit, and she was guilty of sins of the flesh. See, his sins were hidden from everybody else. He was prideful. He was arrogant. He was judge, judgmental. Nobody knew that. Nobody could see that. But see, they could see her sin because it was, she was making them known. Just because people don't know your sin don't mean you ain't sinful. And we sit there with his mask on thinking we've got everything together and we're, and we're just as bankrupt as, as somebody that don't know Christ if we are not surrendering that religious attitude and following him. And Simon was, was walking in this, this self-righteous attitude his whole entire life. And I said, we got to realize there's no good people and there's no bad people. There's no good people and no bad people. There's bad people and then there's Jesus. You got me? There's bad people and then there's Jesus. Some of you just got offended. Oh, he called me bad. Yeah, you are. I am too. And I'm comparing myself to Christ. I'm comparing myself to the standard that God has set before me. I fall short every day, but it ain't. But it's not. Don't give up. Don't quit. You got to keep pursuing God. When more you're, when you're yoked with Him, the more you walk, the lighter the, the lighter the load gets. When I first started walking with Christ, it was so hard to 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 forgive people. It was so hard to be, to, to really just look over people. It was so hard to do those things for me. But the longer I walk with God, the easier it has gotten. You know, a good way to see, <laughs> this is going to be funny. You know, a good way to see what you're struggling with the most, what God keeps putting in front of you the most. One of the things I used to struggle with the most was forgiveness. The next thing you know, I was getting wronged all the time, and I was crying out to God, God, why about this? What about that? And finally one day I realized you need to learn how to forgive, and then this load will get lightened a little bit, Jeremy. And you know what? And I told you I'm hard-headed, so it took me a while to walk through that. But when I got to the other side, I realized, you know what, Jeremy? This unforgiveness, this bitterness, this hatred you get, nobody else cares but you. Because they ain't mad, they ain't mad no more. They they pretty much laughing that you're still upset about it, and it hold, it was holding me captive, holding me bondage. And and the thing is, I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to walk through this on my own instead of realizing Jesus, you got to give me the strength to walk through this and to forgive me of this, and to help me forgive them of this. Put whatever sin you want to put in the blank. It ain't, might not be forgiveness. It might be lust. It might be pornography. It might be oh, I just said pornography. Y'all y'all looking at me crazy. Come on, it might be something big in, in, the, in the eyes of the church. Or it might be something as simple as you can't tell the truth to save your life. Let me tell you, Jesus can deliver a liar just as much as he can deliver an adulterer. Amen. You've got to realize, what, what's God doing in your heart? Maybe you don't trust God like you should. Maybe, you, maybe there's some trust issues right there. Maybe you say, God, help me trust you more. Look back through the last couple Years of your life, he's probably been putting you in situations where you need to trust him, but you, choose, you chose to do it on your own instead of giving him the power and saying, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but God, I trust you, and I'm going to take steps of obedience, and you show me where to go. You 
see, the longer we follow Christ, I think, the better we think we are. And the problem is that I think that we think, the better we think we are is, is uh, the less we think we need to be forgiven. We walk with Christ longer, the longer we walk with Jesus, I'm going to say that again, I want this to sink in, the longer you walk with Christ, and the more he delivers you from, some people get more and more ungrateful. And they think that, okay, I've been walking with Christ, so I don't struggle with these things like this person does, so I'm, I don't need as much forgiveness as that person does. So you know what you end up doing? You end up granting less forgiveness. When you don't realize how much forgiveness you need, you don't grant forgiveness as much. I see people all the time that, that want, they want to cast judgment and cast stones, and they want to write people off. And what I realize is that when that's happened, they've forgotten. They've forgotten how much God has delivered them from and what God's done in their life. Church, if we're going to be the people God's called us to be, then we've got to learn to walk the way God's called us to walk. And I'm not, that's not walking on our own accord. That's walking every day with him hooked to us every single day. You know, Simon was blinded by, he was still doing the same, well, he was still committing sins, but he was blinded by his sinfulness. How many of you were blinded by your, have been blinded by your sin? Just because you come to church don't make it all right. Just because you came to church this morning every, don't mean it's all right that you cussed out your boss this past week or you got an attitude with somebody you shouldn't have. It doesn't mean it's all right. That doesn't wash the slate clean. You know what washes the slate clean is when you come to Christ and you say, Lord, forgive me and help me walk out of this. And you go to that person in a humble heart and say, look, I've screwed up and I'm sorry. I'm trying to follow Christ. And if we did that more often, people would see a difference in our lives. And it would say there's power in the name of Jesus because look what he's done to that person. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of want to to swallow some pride and want to go to somebody and say, I'm screwed up, I messed up. Who can you go to tomorrow and tell that to? Will you tomorrow? So in that, in that moment, a lot of you got very uncomfortable. And if you got very uncomfortable, the, real, the realization is that you don't want to do it. And that's pride in your life. I'm telling you, God's not calling us to go through the motions anymore. Those days are over. If you raise your hand and say, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. That means you are following Christ, not yourself. You need to put yourself over here and go on autopilot and do whatever the Spirit tells you to do. Stop listening to the old Jeremy or the old person, the old you. Listen to the Spirit that is within inside of you. What gets me is when we're saved, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we should be walking in accordance to the, to the Spirit, right? Walking the course of Scripture, right? But God gives us free will to choose. If I'm going to listen to God, or am I going to just continue to do my own thing? Am I going to trust Him more and more? And some of you in this room, you don't, you don't trust God. There's some trust issues here because you, you, you keep sinning, you keep falling short because you don't trust Him where you are right now. You're not trusting Him to change the situation. You're not trusting Him to change where you are. If you would just trust Him, you would see Him do so much more in your life. And it's time for the church to trust God. He made the church. He made you. He made this. He's making the situation that you're in right now so that you will see how good he is and walk toward him. I'm fixing the clothes in just a second, and I want, I want you just to put your mind around some things. That if we forget how much God's forgiven us, 
and our hearts become hard. How many of us can be guilty of a hard heart? How many of us in this room is guilty of, of just walking through life in our own strength, trying to do things, trying to handle problems on our own strength? When you do that, you're, what you're doing is you're taking the yoke off and saying, look, I don't want that. I want to do it my way because my way's best. And that's why we've not, we've not seen a powerful move of God in this church or probably in your life. You will never see it until you stay hooked to the yoke of Jesus. But it's not just one of us. It's all of us. We are the church. Amen? Amen. It's not just Jeremy in Dallas, is it? It's us as the church. It's all of us going in the same direction together. It's all of us pursuing God together. It's all of us showing the community that that church loves me. That church loves Jesus. By the way we love, by the way we forgive, by the way we walk away from who we were together. People are looking at us every single day saying, is that real? But if we continue to be like Simon, being self-righteous, coming to church, thinking we're good enough, they will never see the genuine, humble spirit that a really true follower of Christ has. They should see the heart of a sinful woman that's been redeemed, amen? Amen. This weeping because they remember how far God's brought them. They're weeping because of what God's done in their life. They're weeping because they don't care what anybody thinks or what anybody does. They're going to serve Jesus. They're going to give him all because he's worthy. That's what God wants from you this morning. That's what God wants from all of us this morning. We go in and out every single day powerless and defeated because we're no, in reality, we don't believe there's power in the name of Jesus because we really believe there was power. We would do what he says, church. We would forgive when it's hard. We would love when they don't love us back. We would continue to walk in a way worthy of the call. When we've messed up, we would admit it. We would be humble servants. We would give everything instead of complain about what we got to give. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to give nothing. If you're giving that a heart of obligation, don't give it. God wants your heart. He don't want your junk. And that's the same thing with your money, the same thing with your time, your talent. He wants you to give out of the gratitude of your heart. When we've realized what God's redeemed us from, we will walk in a way that is grateful and we're thankful for Jesus. When I read this parable and read this story, that's what I see. I see one man that had become ungrateful for the sacrifice of Christ because he'd just been going through the motions. I see a woman that's seen really how far she was from God, that she was really tired of not being okay. She was tired of trying to fill that void, and she just said, you know what? I'm tired. Here, here is it all. Until God has all of your life, you will never experience that peace, church. You will never experience that boldness, that, that, that desire to, to do any and everything he's called you to do. He, you will never experience that. I was trying to tell the prayer group this morning how I felt about it. And it's just I, I can't express the feeling I have when I'm following Christ. It's like, it's like water, cold water pouring all over my body. It's like walking and the wind blowing as hard as it can in my face. It's like when I know that I'm walking in the presence of my Lord and Savior, there's nothing that can stop me because I know that I'm walking with the King. I'm walking with Jesus. 
And I'm walking through those things. I'm walking through hell some mornings. I'm walking through the fire some days. But I'm walking through those things knowing that I'm yoked to the Savior. And there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can quit. I can't stop. I can't back down because Jesus is walking with me. And when I fall down, he picks me back up because I'm yoked to him. Let me tell you, church, when you are truly yoked with Jesus Christ, when you fall down, he's right there saying, get up, my child. And some of you this week, you may have failed this week. You may have been messed up. You may have walked away and been discouraged. Jesus is standing here this morning saying, stand back up. Get up. Repent. And continue to walk with me. See, church, God's called us to repentance. Every day, admitting that we're wrong, admitting that we messed up, and walking away from that thing that doesn't please God. That don't mean you get up in the morning and do the same thing. If I walked up to you and slapped you in the face and they said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, you might forgive me that time, right? But I walk up there and slap you again, you're going to think I lied. I walk up there and slap you again, you're going to think I lied. I might slap you the fourth time, you're going to be like, you know I lied. How many of us are lying to God every single day by saying, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me, but yet we get up and do the same thing? God can change that. I'm I'm, I'm coming to you as a sinful man telling you that I, I, I messed up sometimes. But when I do mess up, I'm like, God, deliver me from that. Take that out of my life. Take that deceitful spirit out of me. Take that lying tongue out of me. Take that whatever out of me. Because I don't want that in my life. Because I want to please God. That's that's what a true person that truly loves Jesus, you want to please him more than anything else. So then when you realize that what you're doing is a repetitive thing, you've got two choices. Either you can choose to run your own life or you can choose to give it to Jesus. And say, God, you repent of it. And every day, and if that thing comes back up, you got to slay it. You got to slay it. You got to say, God, remove it. God, take it. God, take this away from me and be intentional. God's called us to walk worthy. Amen. He's called us to walk worthy. There's two people right here. There's this self righteous person that thinks that, that they didn't need that much forgiveness, that they, they wasn't a great sinner. There's churches meeting all over the place right now today, and the altars are going to be done. Nobody's going to be at the altar. There's going to not going to be a tear shed. They're going to get up, and they're going to sing Amazing Grace, and they're going to leave church, and they're going to do the same thing next week. And you know what? It's dead, and it's dry, and it's dying because people have forgotten how much Jesus has done for them and how much God's delivered them from. And when you realize that, you can't leave here empty anymore. You're going to come, and you're going to say, Fill me, Lord Jesus. Feel me. It's like we come to the well every week and we know our bucket's got a hole in it, but we bring the same bucket every week. It's time this morning to, to patch up the holes in that bucket and leave with the living water this morning. Leave full this morning, not empty. Leave with something that means something. Leave with the feeling of knowing that you've been forgiven, knowing that you've been redeemed. It's time to do that. Don't just, don't just settle for just being empty this morning. And then you got the woman of the well not woman of the well, but the sinful woman. She reached the end of her rope. She didn't know what else to do. She'd been plagued by her life, her whole life. And she finally came in contact with a man that said, you don't have to carry this on your own anymore. Give it to me. 
And that's what I'm telling you this morning. You don't have to carry this on your own anymore. Give it to him this morning. Whatever it is this morning. We got these knee pads down here so you don't get your britches dirty when you can lay down and put your lay down right here and put your knees and you can pray and lay it all down right here at the feet of Jesus at this altar. And yeah, you can do it right where you sit at, but chances are your pride won't do it. Until you step out and you come down in front of everybody admitting that you got that you jacked up and you messed up, you won't never really truly surrender those things. And I know because I was that same person. I wouldn't do it. I'd pray right there for God to forgive me, but I wouldn't be real about my sin. But if when I finally walked up and walked to the altar, man, it began to just flow out of me. There was stuff I said I did I didn't know what doing. But it's taking that step and saying, God, I want you more than my comfort. I want you more than what anybody in this room thinks of me. I want you because you are worthy, because of what you did for me. The reason Jesus came and died was for that we could walk in victory, church, not defeat. And I hope this morning that you're tired of being sick and tired of not feeling the presence of Jesus in your life. Maybe you need to say, God, what is holding me back from being all you want me to be? What, what sin is in my life that's keeping me from, from reaching my potential? What do I keep going back to that I should be running away from? Because the choice is yours. It's yours. I can't make you. I wish I could. I wish I could, but I can't. You've got to want Jesus enough to walk away from that junk. You've got the, the, who are you this morning? Are you Simon? Are you that woman, the woman, the sinful woman that came with the alabaster box? Are you that, which one are you this morning? Do you need God to remove the blinders or do you need to come down for redemption? Or maybe this morning you're that person that you've realized that you need to put your yoke to the yoke of Jesus. You need to surrender your life to Christ and give him your life and follow him for real this time. Not just raise my hand and make a, say I'm going to follow him, but I'm not really following him. I'm just following myself coming to church. He's an accessory to my life. He's not my operating system. So that's you this morning. If you want to surrender your life to God, you want to give him your life to him and truly follow him, raise your hand. We want to just celebrate. We want to praise God. We want to celebrate that this morning. And that's fine. That's assuming everybody in this room is saved. Like I said earlier, people that think they're saved but they haven't given their life or surrendered their sin to Jesus are just fooling themselves. I'm facing the pray in a second. I'm opening this up. I'm not going to play any music to entice you to come to the, to the altar. I'm just going to, I'm going to, the music's going to continue to play. And if you're serious about doing business with God, if you're serious about, about walking worthy, if you're serious about pursuing him, if you're serious about getting sin out of your life, if you're serious about those things, then come out here and let's pray. If you need special prayer, the prayer team will be up here. Miss Joyce, Mr. Nick, Miss Vivian, myself, Dallas, we'll be up here. We'll pray over you, pray with you, pray for you, whatever you want. Just come and let's get serious about this thing. Amen? This ain't nothing to play about. This is eternity at stake. And a lot of times it's not just our eternity. It's the people watching us. So we've got to be real and intentional. And it's all about how bad you want it. 
So how bad do you want it? When I start praying, if y'all feel the Spirit leading, y'all start coming. And y'all can pray until the music stops or the lights go off. Y'all stay as long as you need to. We'll stay, we'll stay all day if, we, if you need it. My heart is that we are real, people. I want you real. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, just praying, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ right now, Lord, that you would make us the people you've called us to be. Father, I pray right now that if there's things in our lives that don't please you, then, God, you would just make it real. That, God, we would, uh, God, we would not be set, satisfied with settling. That, Father, there's things in our life that don't please you, Lord. If we've been walking this life, and, and Lord, we've been walking it for a long time. And I pray, God, there's people in this room right now that's been walking, and, and they've been in a dry spell. Lord, I pray, God, that you would reveal to them why they've been dry. I pray, God, that you would just call everyone in this room, Lord, to a true repentant relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray that you would just help us all be bold, be courageous. And, Father, we would be serious about following you every day. Lord, I pray that every person in this room, when we wake up in the morning, you're the first thing on our mind. And we go to bed, you're the last thing on our minds, Lord. That, God, when when opposition hits us, it ain't about what should I do. It's, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? God, help us be people that when they see us, they see you, and they don't see religion. God, I pray that we are the people, when people say Christianity, they don't turn their nose up because they think of me or think of you, think of anyone in this room. I pray, God, that when they, when they hear about Christianity, they think about how we've been walking in the light, not in the darkness. So, Father God, we pray right now that your mighty name, Lord, will be exalted among us, and, God, you would use us in a powerful way. And, God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.